Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah. We're going to be starting with uh, Hafiz Ibrahim Musa. And we're going to be talking about what is happening in Palestine. What is happening in Palestine. And inshallah after that, Faisal Isup with our Going Green segment. Now, it's just a small thing. Just a small thing that I thought we should speak about, dear listeners of Marcus Sahaba Online. Is is that, you know, we always see there's always this sort of confusion. There's a sort of confusion of the Al-Aqsa compound. Now, sometimes, many a times, you'll go, uh, you, you, you'll go to the shop and then you'll see a little advertisement or something like that about Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is fine with me. But the thing here is that this advertisement doesn't really depict Al-Aqsa Mosque, dear listeners of Marqa Sahaba Online. That's a slight uh, issue which I think we need to educate ourselves. Because, uh, you know, as as much as we are, uh, we, 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 we want to educate people about Al-Aqsa, as much as we appreciate hearing about Al-Aqsa Mosque, uh, we have to learn a little bit about the Aqsa compound and what exactly it is. Now on the line, our specialist in Middle Eastern affairs, particularly uh, the third holier site in Islam, is Hafiz Ibrahim Musa. Hafiz Ibrahim, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Yusuf. How are you doing today, Hafiz Ab? Alhamdulillah, Yusuf, uh, and managed to uh, uh, squeeze in lunch before speaking to you today, so <laughs> doing it on a full tank, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, indeed, as long as you read your uh, dua before eating, and uh, as long as you, uh, you you had a wonderful meal, and inshallah, one of these days we're going to test you in the recipe segment. We'll see now how you can represent Al-Aqsa uh, in the food department. But half us up, we've been talking about this, right? We've uh, been asking questions about the Al-Aqsa compound and we, we see uh, that uh, people uh, advertise or people talk about the Al-Aqsa compound which is all well and good but there's a slight misconception you know, we have this misconception no fault of anybody uh, but of, of Al-Aqsa Mosque because sometimes people uh, initially we used to think uh, that the Dome of the Rock is, is Al-Aqsa Mosque. You know, that's how it was portrayed back in the day when we were young. And then uh, we've seen that uh, the Al-Aqsa Mosque itself, the Kibli Mosque, uh, people start saying, no, that is Al-Aqsa Mosque. And uh, Hafizah, if, 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 you can, if you can narrow it down for us, explain to us what exactly is the Al-Aqsa compound? Uh, Yusuf, the um, Masjid al-Aqsa is uh, the totality of 144,000 square meters, or between 142 and 144,000 square meters. The entire um, area that's walled off uh, today um is the entirety of Masjid al-Aqsa. It is the land uh, within that uh, area uh, that one would usually see 
aerial photographs and the rest uh, that constitutes Masjid al-Aqsa. Included in that would be the Qibli Musalla. Included in that would be the Dome of the Rock. But we wouldn't stop there. Included in that would be the underground Marwani Musalla that actually takes far more worshippers than uh, the the Qibli the Musalla or the Dome of the Rock. You would have uh, a smaller prayer space under the uh, Qibli Musalla, which is called Al-Aqsa Qadim. You'd have all the open areas which account for the majority of Masjid al-Aqsa. You'd have the cave under the Dome of the Rock. Uh, you'd have all these mini domes all over. You'd have all these platforms uh, called mastabas that constitute Masjid al-Aqsa. You would have uh, the Bab al-Rahma Musalla, uh, which was closed to Muslims until 2019. Uh, that's also part of Masjid al-Aqsa. Uh, and, you know, all the schools and museums and everything else on the periphery of Masjid al-Aqsa, the eastern area that's laden with trees. Uh, so all of that in its totality uh, is Masjid al-Aqsa. It becomes a lot more complicated if one focuses on one uh, structure or the other and tries to, you know, attach some sort of significance to one structure or the other. All of those have historical significance. But the simplest way to say all of this is that whatever is walled off there um, in that eastern corner of the old city of Jerusalem, that 144,000 square meters, all of that is Masjid al-Aqsa. Now, if people still have questions about this, uh, and uh, the, the most common still, uh, although it's, you know people have been eradicating these notions slowly but surely, the most common is that uh, people still see the uh, gray domed um, um, prayer structure as, uh, as Masjid al-Aqsa and the Dome of the Rock as not part of Masjid al-Aqsa. Um, and uh, there's simply no need for that. The Dome of the Rock is part of Masjid al-Aqsa. Um, and as we stated before, the Dome of the Rock is potentially a place, according to the historical record, the highest place at Masjid al-Aqsa, around which it is said by certain theories that the Nabi of Allah, uh, you know, and, and the Ambiya used that as their focal point, uh, the, the, the rock at the Dome of the Rock, and people formed their sufuf in rows around that as per that theory. So uh, that, that's uh, definitely part of Masjid al-Aqsa. There's a, um, a, a, a dome there called the Dome of the Nabi, a small dome, which uh, again, as per those theories, suggests that the Nabi of Allah, very close to the Dome of the Rock, was uh, in the position of, the, of Imam at that point. Uh, so... Uh, Point being that's definitely part of Masjid al-Aqsa. The point then being that uh, the Masjid the Qibli uh, Musalla also part of Masjid al-Aqsa. Everything else that I mentioned is all part of Masjid al-Aqsa. Not the structures. The structures came later, but the land. And then uh, we 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 have so many uh, uh, you know proofs to point to point us to this direction. You have the fact that uh, logically speaking, if the Ambiya Allah Subhanahu wa Taala calls this area Masjid al-Aqsa, 
on the night of the Mi'raj when Allah took the Nabi of Allah from Masjid Al-Haram to Masjid Al-Aqsa. The dome of the rock was not there. The Qibli Musalla was not there. The Marwani Musalla was not there. All these structures were not there. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called it Masjid Al-Aqsa. And logically speaking then, if all the Ambiya in the totality, you know, 124,000 or the like had performed Salah this night, uh, logically speaking, that would take up a huge area, much more than uh, you know one one area or the next. Mm-hmm. Uh, you 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 also have the fact that um, you, you know if we are going to confine ourselves to one structure or the other, it feeds itself directly. And this is a secondary reason. The the, the main reason is what I've just mentioned: how it is defined, uh, you know. By the Quran, and then if we go second, secondly to the Hadith, uh, Masjid Al-Aqsa was the second Masjid to be built on Earth. So if we want to, you know, make uh, long uh, discussions about the Dome of the Rock and this structure and that structure, if this was the second Masjid on Earth, those structures were not there. The rock was there, the land was there, but those structures came literally not even in the time of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but came in the time, uh, you know, from Umar radiallahu into the Umayyad period going forward. So the two primary things, Allah called it Masjid al-Aqsa when it was just land, and that entire, entire area would have been covered by Ambiya. Then it was the second masjid on earth, and second masjid on earth before anything else was built. Uh, and thereafter, you, you'd have... Um, you know, the logical reasons today, uh, one would be uh, a, a person, uh, as I was saying there, that the uh, Zionists' uh, plan of dividing Masjid al-Aqsa, if we you know, fall straight into that trap where we deny ourselves, uh, you know, over 80% of the Masjid, if not more, by uh, limiting ourselves to uh, those two structures only, or one of those two structures, and they form a tiny percentage of Masjid al-Aqsa. So we're limiting our our possession of the land. And if we say one as opposed to the other, then we're feeding directly into the strategy of uh, division of Masjid al-Aqsa. Now, uh, Zionists might say, um, you are just saying this opportunistically because you um, you know, now looking for a definition that would be able to cover the entirety of Masjid al-Aqsa to you know, strengthen your claim. But uh, we would say, uh, you know, this is not a claim that we're just making uh, in a time of conflict. If you have to look at uh, Yaqut al-Hamawi, or you would have to look at, um, um, the the name doesn't come to mind, but certain classical uh, scholars, uh, including even Taymiyyah, rahimahullah, and thereafter, um, you you know, Mujir al-Din al-Hambali, that's the name I was looking for. Uh, People who way back, you know, centuries ago, uh, uh, you you know, maybe 500 years ago, if not more, uh, sketched out or put down the definition of what constitutes Masjid al-Aqsa. And they all, you know, considered it to be 
the entire area. So it's not a new claim that's made just to so that we can, uh, you know, have sovereignty over the whole thing. It is an old claim, but it becomes all the more relevant to uh, to, to you know have this uh, entirety and the definition of Masjid al-Aqsa correct in this time, because getting it incorrect is firstly uh, going against uh, what has been accepted in the interpretations of the Quran and the Hadith for a long period of time and from the Muslim historians, and uh, secondly, uh, to be able to respond to the threats uh, that uh, you know can be manipulated by uh, incorrectly defining Masjid al-Aqsa. Well, uh, definitely, Ibrahim Musa, and I think, uh, you know, this is something uh, we need to educate ourselves about, educate a little bit more uh, about this, and very interesting points indeed. Now, when you look at this uh, image of, of Al-Aqsa Mosque, and the Al-Aqsa, let me say Al-Aqsa compound, rather, right? And there's this sort of uh, rectangular wall that encloses everything, the trees, the land, uh, the dome of the rock, the Kibli, uh, the, the, the Kibli Masjid. Now, does that wall around the Al-Aqsa compound uh, cover the entire Al-Aqsa? Uh, yes. So, um, I just want to mention one particular term that sometimes uh, you know, lends itself to creating confusion where people uh, would, even some of, some of the schematic diagrams that uh, one would find would say this is the Qibli Masjid and this is the Marwani Masjid and this is the Dome of the Rock Masjid and this is the Burak Masjid and so forth. I think uh, while there's nothing wrong in that, it creates the impression that those are all separate masjids and then the open land is not a masjid and uh, certain other things are not a masjid. So the better way to do it to avoid confusion, I would feel, is uh, there's only one masjid, and that's Masjid al-Aqsa, and that's everything. And if you want to now, for the sake of orientation or for the sake of uh, explaining different structures, um, use a term, then you'd refer to it as Musalla. Uh, you know, so this is the Marwani Musalla, and this is a Tibli Musalla, and this is... Uh, the Dome of the Rock, and this is, uh, you know, so on and so forth. So uh, that, that's uh, one point that I feel might uh, assist to for, for people to grasp this better without creating uh, additional confusion in trying to clari- uh, cl- clarify the matter. Uh, and then as far as the, the wall, yes. Uh, so there is a wall, uh, as we know, in the historic- historically there would always be walls around cities. So um, the, the entire there, there's a war that goes entire uh, you know around the entire old city of Jerusalem, and some parts of that wall double up as the eastern wall and the western wall. Uh, sorry, the southern wall. So the eastern wall and the southern wall of Masjid Al-Aqsa. That's also. Uh, part of the wall of the old city of Jerusalem, the one and the same thing, uh, because Masjid al-Aqsa is then situated in that southeastern corner of the old city. So those two walls are walls of Masjid al-Aqsa and walls of the old city. And then the uh, the other walls would be the, the western wall, 
making up that uh, quadrilateral. By the way, Mazil Laksa is not uh, rectangular in shape per se. It's an irregular uh, quadrilateral. So there's uh, it's easiest to be described as similar to a rectangle, but all the sides are not uh, equal to each other. Uh, you have the western wall. This is uh, the wall uh, that uh, is sometimes referred to as the Polak wall. This is where uh, you know Zionists have taken the area outside and uh, you know have uh, made it into an open air synagogue and uh, lots of things happen in that particular area. Uh, this is also where lots of the tunnels are situated. So that's the western wall, which basically has all the main doors uh, which enter into Masjid al-Aqsa. And then the, the eastern wall is uh, near Baba Rahma. Uh, outside that is the end of the old city of Jerusalem. That's where you find the cemeteries of Jerusalem and the Mount of Olives on the other side of that. No, no doors to enter at all. It's completely sealed, and it was sealed uh, by Salahuddin al-Ayyubi, the eastern wall. Uh, and this is, uh, uh, he, he did it for protection so that nobody would be able to attack from that particular uh, area. And then the southern wall is the wall in front of the Qibli Musalla. Um, again, the Qibli Musalla is right in the front, so there's no open entrances that a person can enter the masjid from that side. It's also completely sealed. There are some doors that were once there, but they're also completely sealed. Uh, and then on the northern side, there are a few doors that people can uh, enter from, like Babel Aspat, which is a, a, a famous door. So Yes, those are the, the four walls. What, everything that is within that is Masjid al-Aqsa, and uh, all of them are significant in one way or the other, but for practical reasons, uh, a lot of uh, the focus is on the western side because there's many entrances for people there, as well as uh, the Zionist activity on that side, and the eastern, uh, rather the, the northern wall, where there's uh, entrances as well for people to come through. Well, uh, the, the, definitely, Ibrahim Musa, and you know, uh, while we're talking about walls and uh, while we're talking about doors, uh, you know, there's always this flashpoint door, there's always this door where we've seen uh, these Zionist settlers enter through from, uh, you know, and they perform their Talmudic rituals, uh, and it's uh, the, the Magariba Gate, I'm not too sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, and uh, there's always emphasis on the Magariba Gate, and this gate is always used, if I'm not too sh- uh, mistaken, it's the Moroccan gate or something like that. What's what's the significance of the Makhariba gate? The significance uh, in modern terms is that this is the only door of uh, Masjid al-Aqsa which uh, Muslims don't have uh, access to at all. Uh, Now, the other doors of Masjid al-Aqsa, al-Aqsa is under occupation, so there would be Muslim guards stationed at these doors, but uh, they would require permission, essentially, from the Israelis to open those doors. And it's a process that plays itself out every day, opening and closing uh, of those particular doors uh, that uh, they, they 
although Muslims open and close those doors, it's the, uh, you know, the, the Zionists essentially who um, are manning, manning it as the first point of call before the, uh, Muslims enter. But uh, anyway, Muslims enter from all of those uh, doors of Masjid al-Aqsa except the Maghariba, uh, the Maghariba, the Moroccan gate. Uh, the um, the keys of that particular door were seized uh, way back in 1967 when the Israelis occupied uh, East Jerusalem and took control of the old city and Masjid al-Aqsa. And this is when they demolished the entire Barak or the Moroccan quarter on the outside of Masjid al-Aqsa. So this is where you now have the Wailing Wall, Western Wall, synagogue uh, operations taking place. Uh, all of that was, you know, it was built up right until the Masjid in 1967. And then uh, that entire neighborhood was, was destroyed. Uh, so the, the name uh, Moroccan or Magariba, uh, Moroccan in, is is a translation, but it's uh, slightly warped because uh, in 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 medieval times, uh, when we talk about the Maghrib, we talk about an area bigger than Morocco. It's you know the North African region. So uh, people from that uh, area had come to settle. In, uh, in in Jerusalem while they were part of the Muslim Empire, the Muslim armies fighting jihad, and uh, Salahuddin al-Ayyubi and the successors of Salahuddin al-Ayyubi uh, had you know, created so, certain awqaf for them to be able to settle uh, in that particular neighborhood. And therefore, it, uh, they frequented it for centuries and it became uh, associated with them as the Maghariba neighborhood. So that was destroyed completely in 19, uh, 1967. And the, the door, obviously, that they would enter from uh, was the, the Moroccan door. Um, if, if, if you uh, notice the, the location of the store, it is literally the, the, the door that will give you the quickest uh, entrance to the Qibli uh, Musalla. You you almost you know come out directly with a short walk uh, to the front of the Qibli Musalla if it was open. So it would have been ex- extremely useful as an entry point. Uh, some have called the door in this location. Uh, uh, whether it's this one or some, uh, something that existed nearby uh, as Babu Nabi, uh, because uh, it is also reportedly historically uh, said that in this area uh, the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam had entered on the on the night of uh, of Ma'araj, uh, you know that's why it's called the Barak Wall and, and all of that. So uh, the the association with Morocco is through that uh, historical link with um, people from the Maghrib who fought in in, in jihad, uh, and it might have a even richer historical link going to the time of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then in 1967, when it was uh, that entire um, uh, neighborhood was destroyed. Uh, it, you know, a number of people died at that time. Uh, something like uh, 400 people, if I stand to correction on the exact number, 
were rendered homeless at that time, and there were even masajid, if, uh, if the historical record is checked up, uh, which were also centuries old in that particular neighborhood that were bulldozed in the period of 1967, which uh, obviously the anniversary uh, had just passed in, in, in the last few days, uh, being, uh, you know, what happened with uh, Jerusalem Day and the days after that, this is when Israel took control of the area and all of this happened uh, in 1967, in June of 1967. SubhanAllah, that's absolutely comprehensive, Ibrahim Musa. You know, this uh, uh, virtual tour of Al-Aqsa Mosque, there's a lot. We've, we've got a lot of, alhamdulillah, good love for Palestine. Uh, but uh, I wish uh, we could wish we should do this more often to, 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 acclimat, uh, to acclimatize ourselves uh, to the Al-Aqsa compound. And uh, there's many elements to the Al-Aqsa compound. Like you said, uh, the underground musallas as well. It's absolutely beautiful when you see it. And, uh, you know, it, the, the significance of who prayed, where, who stayed, where. And inshallah, maybe I think it'll be a good idea to focus uh, on that as well in the coming weeks, but uh, half is up. Uh, inshallah, we're going to have to leave it at that once again. You know, this uh, subjects, especially when you start, uh, it, it's very captivating indeed, but uh, we're going to have to leave it at that uh, half is up. I know I took extra time of yours because you ate enough. What was for lunch today? Tell us what was for lunch today. Something um, non-conventional for uh, the type of uh, things that you usually expect on Juma, but uh, thoroughly enjoyed it nonetheless. It was uh, Kosei today, Yusuf. It was? Kosei. What on earth is Kosei? Um, you seem like you uh, revealing your culinary ignorance, Yusuf. <laughs> uh, uh, it's... it's uh, Many people seem to have uh, know about this dish. Uh, uh, originally, it's probably, uh, as I understood, from a place like Burma or something like that. So also from from India, where uh, you have a base of uh, pasta or spaghetti, uh, and then uh, a kind of uh, chicken, uh, ch- uh, you, you know, ch- chicken with sauce. Uh, um, that goes over it, uh, and you crush pearl on top of it. <laughs> Subhanallah, Allah Taala bless the internet. You see, we get to eat all this interesting, interesting now uh, food nowadays. But Ibrahim, uh, I, I definitely won't challenge you since I had chicken sandwiches for lunch today, uh, for my Juma lunch. But Inshallah, uh, we'll definitely compare notes next week as well, and we'll definitely hear more about the Laksa compound. Inshallah, Yusuf. Uh, I'm having second thoughts about uh, having having lunch before doing the interview. Of, uh, <laughs> questions. <laughs> well, you can ask your rumbling stomach, Inshallah, next week. Hafiz, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I must bribe Musa's company so much, man. I must him so much, you know, uh, that, uh, that 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 humble smile and that intellect of uh, Ibrahim Musa really uh, wonderful indeed. Subhanallah. Marcus Sahaba Online Radio, empowering the Ummah.